Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week three, brought to you by Fanshare Sports. Week two is in the books. It was a good week thanks to the Patriots defense, and I kind of want to touch on um, the notion of variance and of kind of, you know, just not getting too high or too low um, at your results. Obviously, my core four for last week was pretty chalky and didn't exactly pan out. Um, but I did click on the Patriots defense for cash games. Just the way it worked out when I made uh, my roster, I usually go to defense last. And there was a little bit of value last week with the Raiders being so cheap coming off that Monday night game. No Antonio Brown, obviously, but his... His target share was baked into their prices, so they were all still pretty cheap. And I thought they were good plays. Um, Despite game script concerns for Josh Jacobs, I thought 4,700 was too low. I didn't care that he was going to be 60, 50, 60% owned. Um, It's not really something that I take into account, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, But I just landed on the Patriots. I like the Patriots defense. Um, I try to upgrade other positions, but the roster construction as a whole just didn't work out. so I left the Patriots defense in, you know, Kellen, Kalen Balage gift wraps, two uh, touchdowns on interceptions that he juggles, and the rest is history. So, uh, and I had a smash week. Um, I had a, like a 79 percentile lineup or something like that. I won most of my head-to-heads, cashed easily in double-ups, but in retrospect, you know, the lineup that I created wasn't great. I kind of got lucky. There is a little bit of variance there. So in weeks that you, you know, fall flat on your face, um, it's easy to think that you're the worst DFS player on the planet. Weeks that you smash, like these first two weeks, I've had a really, really good ROI, but I'm trying not to, or I I think I'm pretty good at um, being realistic about the fact that, you know, I'm not, or or what what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I just have, you need context, and basically, um, I'm not invincible, I'm not going to go throwing my entire bankroll around now that I've won two weeks in a row, uh, variances can rear its ugly head at any moment, and, you know, you just have to keep your head straight, go through your process, and review the results, and, and be realistic about them, and this week, I uh, I got lucky that I left the Patriots defense in. That's all there is to it. Uh, Another note about playing chalk and cash. It looks like uh, a lot of players on Twitter, uh, DFS players, um, touts, whatever you want to call them, there's a lot of talk about um, not playing chalk in cash. All right? And uh, basically what I do... And my thoughts on it are, if there's a guy that is a smash play, I don't care if he's going to be 100% owned. In fact, if he is going to be 100% owned, it probably means he's a really good play if every single person's research leads them to that player. What I won't do is look up ownership projections 
and then try to just jam in all the most popular players. That's silly, right? So this week, someone came at me when I posted my cash lineup. I always post my cash lineup and say, and just for, you know, just to show everybody how I did for some transparency. And he said, well, you played all the chalk. My two-year-old could have made this lineup. That was his exact quote uh, on the Twitter machine. And he was off base. I mean, I played a a 12% or 15% Evan Engram over Darren Waller, who was like 60% owned in in most double-ups. And I also played the Patriots defense over uh, a 40% owned Houston Texans defense. And there were some other spots where I didn't have the most expensive guy, but I did play Josh Jacobs and uh, Tyrell Williams, and he took offense to that, thinking that, you know, I just try to jam in the chalkiest players. That's not how it goes. When I do my research, I try to get the optimal lineup, right? There's owners, there's projections, point projections, and there's a point per dollar. Um, I think the community as a whole is getting a little out of hand with trying to get unique in their cash lineup. There's a narrative floating around. I'm not sure who started it that you need to be um, fading certain players to get yourself um, a less chalky lineup, and I don't think that's the case. I think you go with uh, who you think the best plays are. Certain weeks, it's not going to be a chalky lineup. There's, a, there's weeks over the last four or five years that I've played what I thought was the best lineup, and it ended up not being a chalky lineup at all, uh, and then vice versa. There's weeks where, and these first two weeks have been kind of chalky for my lineup, and, and that's that's the gist. Basically, it boils down for me is if you're playing mostly head-to-heads and you want to get a little bit of upside, stacking a, a wide receiver with his quarterback makes some sense. Um, but being contrarian is not uh, something that I look to do in cash games. Um, and like I said, like I touched on before, you also shouldn't be playing players just because they are chalk. Um, If you have reason to believe that a chalky player is not going to meet value and you're not really even sure why everybody's on them, by all means, create a lineup without that player in it. Just know that if the the player is 70 to 80% owned, like if it's a player coming off uh, or being put into a role that they weren't previously in and they are very cheap, kind of like Tyrell Williams this in week two, he was 4,400. He's their number one receiver at this point. You're not going to find a number one receiver who's going to get eight to 10 targets at 4,400 ever. Um, So he was mispriced and it was kind of a no brainer in my eyes. Um, Just know if you fade that type of player and he goes off, you are really behind the eight ball in cash games. Those are known as uh, free squares, we'll call them. So it's basically like in bingo, that's why they call it a free square. If you don't take that free square, you're at a decided disadvantage in the game because of how valuable that player is at his salary. Um, so that was just a little bit of a note. So obviously this podcast is going to run a, a little bit longer than the normal 15 to, to 16, 17 minutes because I went on that little diatribe uh, about chalky players in cash games and, and variants. But... It, the bottom line is just play what you think is the optimal lineup. All right, on to week three. At the quarterback position, I don't think it's as cut and dry as it was in week one and week two. I was kind of just dead set on Carson Wentz in week one and dead set on 
Josh Allen in week two. That said, I think there are four players um, at different price points that we can get into our cash game lineups. I think the game in Kansas City between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is very enticing. 55-point total. Really like um, Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, Lamar Jackson, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, he's he's playing out of his mind. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the Cardinals and the Dolphins uh, are probably the two best matchups he's, he ever could have had to open the year. So let's temper our expectations there. I don't think he is going to be as uber-efficient um, as he was these last two weeks. I don't think he's ever, uh, or I, I shouldn't say ever, but I don't think he's going to run for over 100 yards uh, often. But that said, he is at 7K, so we're looking at maybe 25 to 28 points to hit value. That's definitely attainable. I like Patrick Mahomes a little bit more. Uh, who, he's only about $600 more up at $7,600. However, and this comes down to lineup building, roster construction, there are not a ton of value plays at running back this week. Literally, I don't even really like any running back under 7 k for cash. So if you're trying to hammer three of these top running backs above 7 k in, it, it kind of gets a little dicey at the other positions. Um, since that is the case, we also have Dak Prescott and Josh Allen at 6,500 and 5,900, respectively. Um, Allen gets the Bengals, who just got lit up at home by Jimmy Garoppolo. He looks really, really good uh, in his first two games. He's running the ball. He's scoring on designed runs. He's, he has established a ton of chemistry with John Brown and Cole Beasley. So I think at 5,900, if you make a lineup that only allows for that uh, amount to be allotted to your quarterback position, I think Josh Allen is fine. And I am fine sacrificing Mahomes down to Allen if we if you get um, a build where you are paying up for a bit better situation at running back or even at tight end because I think you know the drop-off from a stud running back to a mid-tier running back is going to be much greater than the drop-off from Patrick Mahomes to Josh Allen. I also think Dak in the middle there, if you're working with about $6,500 for your quarterback, I mean, obviously Dak gets the cake matchup in Miami. I don't think that, I mean, yeah, they're probably going to blow them out, but he might miss a series, maybe two. Um, the blowout factor really isn't a thing in the NFL. We see it all the time. Um, games are out of hand and the starters are still playing well into the fourth quarter so I wouldn't worry too much about a blowout factor and I think Dak to Amari is going to be a great stack this week at running back let's stay at that game I mean three touchdown favorites 34 point implied total Dallas is going to get theirs this week uh, in terms of fantasy points we saw Zeke bump up to around 85% of the snaps. He is ready to go. I think they were just worried about just crushing him in week one with touches, but they bumped him up in week two. I wouldn't even be surprised if they bumped him up a little more in week three. So Zeke is ready to go. I wouldn't doubt if he goes for like a buck fifty and two in this game. Um, so at his price, 
I prefer him to Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Um, In fact, I I would probably rank them Zeke, McCaffrey, Barkley this week. I think think McCaffrey's in in a, a spot where he's playing. The Panthers have run the second fastest pace in the NFL in neutral game script, and the Cardinals are first. So we have the two fastest teams in the league pretty much playing each other. I think there's going to be a ton of work for McCaffrey. They're going to lean on him without Cam if Cam doesn't suit up. And I think we're going to see him get a ton of receptions from Kyle Allen as well. So I like McCaffrey too. If you can somehow jam in two 9K running backs into cash, I I mean, I wouldn't fault you. I, I don't know if it's going to be possible, but um, this week with how little there is at running back under 7K, um, it might have to be a, a consideration. Under 8K, though, in that 7 to 8K range, I do like Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler. I mean, Cook is a home run waiting to happen. They're feeding him the ball. Uh, this week against the Raiders, he gets a pretty good matchup. So definitely Dalvin Cook is in play. And then Austin Eckler, man, dude is a beast. He's balling. He's, he's, they're splitting him out as a flanker. And he's running like an entire route tree. He, run, he, he ran like a, a slant and go last week for like a 30-yard completion. He is a complete player. He's running the ball decently. But his passing work is definitely um, something to be desired. I think the Texans could put points on the board against the Chargers, should put points on the, the board against the Chargers. And he might have to, you know, do a lot of, um, you know, catch-up, check-down work from Phillip Rivers. Um, the only other running back that I'm really even considering in cash at this point in the week is Chris Carson. Um, he didn't do so hot last week. He lost a couple fumbles, and that, and because of that, he ceded some carries to Rashad Penny. And uh, usually when you see that happen, a lot of times the next week they come – the player that lost the fumble comes back out motivated. They give him a shot at redemption and things, you know, usually pan out, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So Chris Carson is a consideration, but I'm not loving it. I do think that I'm going to try to get uh, a top, one of those top studs in and then um, hopefully try to fit in Cook and Eckler. I'm I really haven't started to um, create my cash build yet. I usually narrow down my pool of players and then talk about them with you guys. And then on Saturday night, um, start to actually hone in on on the actual build of my lineup. So when I go through all these plays with you, I really don't know exactly who's going to be in my cash lineup. I know who my favorites are, but I don't know how the lineup is going to shake out exactly. At wide receiver, Keenan Allen is just a monster. He has a monster target share. He has, I think he has a, he owns half the, the Chargers air yards, which is a huge number. Um, I think I also like Kenny Galladay. Uh, the Eagles have really been smashed by wide receiver ones dating back to last season. And then after that, there's a there's a slew of guys between like five and three and a half K that I think. We're going to have to dis- to choose from um, to get to fit those running back studs in. Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk are in play. Uh, as I mentioned, the Cardinals run a million plays. Both of those guys are in the slot. They, they've been targeted a ton. Uh, to combine, they are both uh, 50% of the 
Cardinals workload. Um, even Demir Bird has snaps bumped up into the 80s, 80%, and he has 14 targets through two weeks. He is min price. That's huge. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders' price didn't change much. I think he is absolutely in play. Uh, Cole Beasley has developed a rapport with Josh Allen. I think he is in play. Nelson Aguilar, obviously, with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey out. He is in play. Um, the, the, the Lions have good corners. They have Darius Slay, uh, Justin Coleman in the slot. Now, Slay usually follows elite receivers, but I don't think that they're going to tag Aguilar as someone that Slay needs to follow because he's not head and shoulders above anybody else on the Eagles. Uh, receiving core, uh, I, I would expect him to just stay out and maybe cover um, JGR Sega Whiteside. But if someone starts to kind of dominate, like if after a while Aguilar is crushing it or Arcega Whiteside's crushing it, maybe they, they make the adjustment to have Slay Shadow. Uh, but I think Aguilar will see a lot of Coleman in the slot, which is no easy matchup. But at 3,600, probably looking at 8 to 10 targets this week. Going to be hard to get off him. And then I think you can look at the Dolphins receivers. I don't particularly like Devontae Parker for cash. I think he is a really good um, GPP pivot. He has the second most air yards in the league, uh, despite only having, like, a few catches and a few yards. He's really getting targeted downfield. So he'll probably have a week sooner rather than later where he just goes for, you know, 120 and a touch at his almost min salary. That's huge. And I think we could look at Preston Williams. He's been peppered with targets in, in catch-up mode uh, when the Dolphins are trailing. So those are that's the, the crop of receivers that I'm looking at uh, in cash. Going to try to probably go three like 4K receivers or two, two 4K receivers and a 3K receiver this week to try and get in all those running back studs. Um, at tight end, I'll start at the bottom. I think Greg Olson is in play. The Cardinals have been smashed by Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. So I think Greg Olson um, with Kyle Allen at quarterback. Maybe Olson will um, you know, be leaned on by Allen as a safety blanket a little bit more. He, he and McCaffrey, I think, could see an increased number of targets. Um, but Kyle Allen likes to sling the ball. You know, He threw like a 48-yard touchdown pass or something of that nature to Curtis Allen or Curtis Samuel in the preseason so we'll just have to see how that shakes out but I do think Olsen is in play um, looks healthy looks good and is pretty cheap Darren Waller is bumped up to 4100 in a game where the Vikings probably are going to be be leading I think Carr is going to have to throw the ball a lot to Darren Waller I think it's going to be hard to ignore Mark Andrews at 4600 I mean the Chiefs uh, don't do a great job of covering the tight end, or at least they haven't um, in the past. And he is Lamar Jackson's go-to guy. He has 100 yards in two games. And he, you know, I mean, we saw it last year. He's a, he's a freak athlete at tight end. Uh, we saw him on that Saturday night game, you know, just catch that bomb in stride. And he's just really athletic, and Lamar Jackson looks for him. So I think he is definitely in play and then obviously Evan Engram with Daniel Jones taking the helm um, 
Sterling Shepard is going to be back, so I think that might push me off of Engram. I think his target share might drop a little bit. We'll have to see who Daniel Jones favors. Um, but I do, I do definitely want to have um, some Evan Engram on my fantasy uh, in my player pool for for daily fantasy this week. At defense. Um, we're definitely going to have to spend down this week. There will be no uh, leaving high-priced defenses in my lineup like I did last week. Uh, there's a bunch, though, that I think are viable. Um, with all the Eagles banged up, I think we could look at the Lions, who are almost min-price. Uh, Mason Rudolph going to the 49ers um, for his first start. I think the 49ers are in play. I think the Chargers are even played. Deshaun Watson, despite the fact that they'll probably score points, He's been the most sacked quarterback in the league to this point, and you know that's what we love. We love the dropbacks and the sacks for the quarterbacks because that leads to sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. Um, and so I think those are the three defenses I'll probably choose from, but it's definitely going to be a cheap defense for me this week with the lack of value at running back. All right, that'll do it. I feel like I talked extremely fast. I feel like this podcast was a tad longer um, than usual. Actually, I know it was because uh, usually it doesn't last my entire drive home, and I have sat in my driveway for the last four minutes uh, trying to finish this pod up before I go in and get tackled by a three-year-old. The core four for this week is going to be now these are the guys that i'm going to try to get into my lineup like i said i don't know if i'm going to 100 percent get them in definitely ezekiel elliott will be in my cash game lineup and then i'm going to try to fit pat mahomes i'm going to try to get dalvin cook in and then i'll give you a receiver larry fitzgerald is probably my favorite receiver at 51 or under that i'm going to um, try to sneak into my lineup. So that will be my core four for this week. Hopefully it pans out. Good luck in all your contests. As always, as always, please subscribe and rate this podcast. Goes a long way um, to get my, you know, to get just get the podcast pushed up towards the top of the iTunes and Spotify charts, things of that nature. Have had a, a huge boost in listenership this year, which I'm very thankful for. Make sure you check out the fansharesports.com website. They sponsor this podcast, keep it going, keep all the fees at a minimum. Appreciate everybody listening. Good luck in week three. Oh, oh, oh. All I see is signs, all I see is dollar signs.